All right. Hello and welcome to the Staying Conscious podcast here again with another episode. And today I have a guest who is in Belgium, if I'm not mistaken. Your name is Tom, right? Could you introduce, introduce yourself? Yes, indeed. Uh, from Belgium. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to know from me? Uh, I am a sports teacher. Um, I am a physical coach. In uh, in soccer teams, hello. Your voice got cut off. Oh. Cut off. yeah. I don't know if it was the mic or something. Um, is it better now or not? Yeah, now it's better. Okay, I think be- I uh, I wear uh, headphones. Maybe ah, okay. the headphones. Yeah, no, no worries. Okay. Anyways, you you mentioned something about a physical coach. Yes, I'm a, I'm a physical coach in uh, in uh, elite youth here in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something I became after I did my coaching classes as a soccer coach. Yeah. Uh, I specialized in the physical part. Mm. And that's where I am now at the moment. Um, I don't know if I will do it next year because with coronavirus and stuff like that going on, it can yeah. be uh, it can look a, a bit different. Yeah, so you're doing like you're like a physical teacher for young people who play soccer. Is that it? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the physical, the conditional parts, like uh, how fast they are, how are, how their uh, condition is. How yeah. they uh, how they train their power and stuff. Like mm. that. I see. Well, that sounds very interesting. I'm also interested in in certain sports, okay. mostly uh, judo. I do ah. judo, the martial art. Yeah, and of course, there, there, there's a lot of physical and stamina training there as well. <laughs> I yeah, can tell you that it's a good training for soccer players too. I think because in judo yeah. you learn to fall, right? Uh, and I think soccer players can use that also. Uh, yeah, good. I see so many injuries in uh, soccer, uh, and y- usually it's because they they cannot fall. Yeah, usually they, it's because they, they're very rough on the field too. But they I didn't mean, they learn can, to they, fall. They, they they don't learn how to fall, and I have not seen that in many because I have many friends who play soccer, and I I've never seen that they practice falling techniques, which is weird because falling is a pretty normal part of soccer as well at least on the higher levels perhaps yes indeed i i saw it uh the last years they are trying to give an holistic approach to soccer so they mm-hmm. try to implement from other sports and i think it will be something uh coming in into the sports the learning how to fall yeah um, that's a good strategy yeah i saw it when i uh i studied in, at the universe because i'm uh a sports teacher at school too <clears throat> and we had to do yeah. judo in school and oh I, really i was thinking uh, myself okay this is really nice if you can do this in a soccer team uh, yeah, yeah. Y- you have some benefits uh, against the others mm. yeah. yeah that's very true and also you know i i'm also a judo teacher kind of oh, okay uh well not as much as i was before because now i mostly focus on my own judo um but we, I, I, I have seen many, many students like from universities because my judo club is pretty close to a university. Mm-hmm. And like, very, like people in their 20s coming to do judo 
just because they have noticed that they have this like falling technique that can help them. And also a lot of older people coming. But then when they start realizing what judo actually is, it's like a whole different thing when they yeah. see people getting thrown like all the time. And we're like, yeah, well, this is normal for us because we always fall. You know, we always have to fall. So we have to know how to fall. So uh, that's pretty funny, actually, seeing their reaction like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And how long do you do the judo teaching? Uh, I have done it for, well, uh, around like four years, something like okay. that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I mean, my, my own judo practice, I've done for 11 years. But teaching uh, others a little bit uh, has been around for like four, four years. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's nice, you know, when you know something, you feel like you want to give it to other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That feeling of knowledge. Yeah, yeah indeed. That's uh, that's something uh, you have to have if you want to teach other people. Yeah. Did you play soccer uh, or did you do any other physical? Uh, I mean, it seems like you're interested in uh, physical exercise. I'm just wondering what background you have. Well, um, as a kid... I had only one dream and that was to become a professional soccer player. So uh, mm. in that time I was uh, playing not at a really high level uh, until I had the chance, uh, the chance to uh, to go to a better team. Uh, it was in the first division in Belgium in the youth. Uh, so I played soccer all my life mm -hmm. uh, until I think three years ago I quit. Uh, because of the the age and the little physical, uh, uh, how do we say it, uh, uh, okay. that, I, that I need to stop. Um, mm. So I'm 32 in a month. Uh, so it's a good age to stop. Yeah, right. Each sport has their own like age limits <laughs> somehow. Yeah, some people have uh, are lucky and can sport or play football until they are 40 others have to quit at 20 so you have to be lucky in a, in a way yeah and also it was cool that you actually because you're still kind of doing soccer in a way because you are like always there you know yeah yeah, yeah indeed yeah i don't know how um yeah maybe it was because soccer was my i don't to become a professional soccer player was my dream And mm -hmm. I almost reached it. Uh, I played as a as a kid. I, I played in the second team in the second division. I was the captain of the team, and I uh, had the chance to train with the first team. Mm -hmm. um, but at a certain moment, uh, I was sitting on the bus next to the the coach of the second team, and he said to me, "Yeah." You're training a month now with the first team, and the coach said you have to come back to the second team. And that was, uh, for me, it was something like a punch in the face. Oh. Um, and my dream was gone in like five seconds in that sentence. Um, really? Yeah. I realized after a couple of years that was my dream, and I didn't go after another dream. Yeah. And that is when I realized, okay, I thought I had one dream, but I have to go search for another dream. And then I started to uh, put some effort in the self-development and find my own way uh, mm -hmm. to some new, new dreams. Yeah. I wonder there with what you said when you got that like punch in the face, metaphorically, 
Were you used to? Because I, I don't what. How old were you when that happened? By the way, um, I was eighteen, I think. Yeah, eighteen. Okay, you were pretty young then. Yeah. So, were you used to getting that sort of criticism or like critique? No, uh, no, no. you were not used to it. Okay. No. Oh, yeah. In a way, my my parents, my mother was always. Uh, uh, positive and supporting. My father was also positive and supporting, but he was more critic. So he mm. he was critic, but not in that way that I could uh, manage the the, the yeah. punch in the face from the sucker. I see. Coach. You know that that kind of that's a little bit different, but it kind of reminds me sometimes of judo mm -hmm. with um. It, the, I, the, I don't. I'm not trying to make a comparison here, but it's just something that came into my mind. Uh, some students, you know, when they have a very early success with their judo, um, and then when they start losing, when they come into like teenage years, they lose like the first time or the second time, and they get so shocked because they are so used to being this champion mm -hmm. in their head. And when they start facing reality of judo, which is the the sad fact that there is always someone better than you, <laughs> no matter how good you are, then they start realizing, oh shit, maybe I'm not that good as I think I am. And then what happens? They lose motivation because their self-image that they have kept throughout their short period of judo, really, um, has been just crushed. And they don't know how to continue or rise from that fall. No, and... Uh, and in judo, it's kind of like a metaphor as well, that you don't judge a man by how many times he falls, mm -hmm. but about but how many times he gets up yeah. from falling. And in judo, you fall all the time. <laughs> so you, you always should learn to get up. But there is a, like a bigger symbolism in that as well. So how do you think that that kind of would relate to how you experience that critique that you got uh, compared to not getting that sort of critique before. Oh, um, yeah, I I think in that time I didn't have the coping mechanism uh, to 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 get a hit and to do something about it. It was more like yeah, it punched me down, and I was I was telling myself, okay, come on, you need to you need to be back, and you need to be better, and you need to be good. But it was always. Uh, a little voice in my head telling me, okay, but does I really think I'm good enough or will it be good enough? So I was telling mm -hmm. two kind of stories against myself and I ha I didn't have the mental force at that age uh, to fully uh, cope with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a fact, I, I, was, I was doing very well after the hit, but... Um, the next season started and I went uh, to the first game and there were like 10 uh, first team soccer players that has to play with our team. So with the second team. Yeah. So there was no place for me in the basic team. Um, so uh -huh. I was telling myself, okay, uh, if I come on, on the field, I will, uh, I will let them see that I earn my spot on the field. Um, and I went on the field and I was playing really good. I uh, dribbled some uh, some players, but five minutes later, uh, there was no ball around. I didn't know what really happened, but I had a punch in my face, like really mm -hmm. a punch in my face. 
and I was laying on the ground. Everything was black, uh, and I was thinking, okay, what happened? And my my head was bleeding. So uh, there was a guy who gave me an elbow, and he, mm-hmm. he broke my nose. And that that wow. was the 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 second time I had to to cope with something I didn't have to cope with in the in the early years as a as a young yeah. guy and those two things that are the two things that uh that are now my now my force uh do you know what yeah. i mean so i realized yeah. that those two things i didn't i couldn't cope with in that age uh-huh. that are now my forces to get where i wanted to go, want to go now wow yeah that's that makes sense. <laughs> cool. You had a pretty cool and interesting journey. Um, but we found each other on Instagram, you and yes, I. Yes, yes, indeed. Quite randomly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like randomly. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's the best way, actually. Yeah, um, so what what is the purpose of your Instagram? Why are you there? Um, the purpose at the moment is... Um, uh, the journey I had until now, I, I will share the, the things I learned from back then to now. So that's almost like uh, 12 years or more. Um, uh-huh. What I did and uh, how I did it and what I learned about it. Um, and it's related to the self-development. But because I had to... Um, to cope those mental aspects at that age, I couldn't do that. So that's also something I, I'm learning about more specific now, the latest years. I see. Um, yeah, you, uh, you can tell something. Right. What, what do you... Because uh, what, what, I, I think Instagram is a very difficult platform sometimes to share like meaningful insights. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because... What's really popular on Instagram is, well, we all know what that is, what that is you know? <laughs> it's usually not, so, like, it's very, like, fast, like, good pictures of whatever, like, rich people, you know, kind of like creating a fantasy. So sharing valuable, conscious insights on a platform like Instagram mm-hmm. that's really not designed for that in the beginning... <laughs> Uh, it, it can be quite difficult, you know, for people like you and me. So what do you think is like a great way to go through all of the bullshit on Instagram and share valuable information? Um, yeah, I think um, we have to focus on uh, on one, one person. <clears throat> if you can help one person, that's already something good you know if you can help another mm. person that's something good you, you, the the thing about instagram is you always see those uh, those accounts with like uh, 1 million uh, followers or i don't know how many followers and that would be yeah. really nice okay it's also one of my dreams and goals to reach that amount of people um, mm-hmm. but i think we don't need to please and affect <coughs> all of the people on instagram if if we yeah. can affect one, that's already something, yeah, something really good, I think. Um, so at this moment, I focus more on the service that, than on the on the amount of people. 
Exactly. That's that's a great way of putting it, like focusing it on the service instead of the amount. Because something that I've kind of realized for myself is I, I'm usually, I get so focused on the numbers. You know what I yeah, mean? Like oh, how many really likes tricky. will I get on this one and uh, how many shares and um, how many people will comment and the amount of followers, mm -hmm. etc. So you become kind of addicted to those numbers in a way. Um, and that's not really good because then that takes focus from the thing that's really important, which is creating a great, like giving great value. Um, but one thing that I, I always try to keep in mind is that I never really want to be satisfied with the material that I put out. You know, I always want to improve and try to switch up the pictures. Like just recently now, instead of just posting a picture, I started to post like a little text mm -hmm. on the next slide uh, explaining the picture in like a philosophical way. And I realized like, why haven't I done this before? And that was something that I had to gain awareness of really to put into action uh, to actually update my Instagram. Um, and I realized that that perhaps gives a little bit better feedback because then you're more easily giving value to people. Um, I don't know, what type of strategy do you think uh, is important uh, for you? Well, um, at the moment, yeah, I, I follow fully what you're saying here. Uh, I, I, I'm only for three months on Instagram now with this page, I think. So I, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a roller coaster in the beginning. Uh, you focus on the numbers and uh, the amount of followers. Um, I think visibility is important. Uh, I, I do a lot of that to be visible. Um, and I, I found out this month, okay, I do regular posts with uh, with some uh, famous people with a quote. I do that. That's because of my visibility. And then I try mm -hmm. to put some extra effort in uh, uh, one or two po posts or three posts a week. So to make a difference there. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not fully there yet <laughs> because it's really hard. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time to... Uh, to make something good about it. So, and I'm yeah, in a yeah. course now and I read a lot of books, so you have to manage your times. Um, right. But it's, it's a good question. Uh, I think that you, you don't have to look too much to the other people, what they are doing, but you give mm. value from your own. I don't know your age. My age, I'm 23. 23. In 23 years, you have seen a lot. You have, uh, learned a lot you have to go from your own experience you have yes. to go from your own values and your own experience and do something different I, I know it sounds a little bit crazy because I'm not doing that much different at the moment but I'm working on it so I think that's that's uh, that's something I would do I would go from my mm -hmm. own and yeah, okay, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can see what works already. And then you give it your yeah. own touch. You give it your own, uh, I don't know, you say it's swing. <laughs> Maybe it's a swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think is different then? And what is normal already on Instagram with these motivational pages that we see all over the place? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I think... It's, it depends in what niche you are. You see a lot of mm -hmm. business niches at the moment. Um, yeah. 
I sometimes get annoyed if people tell me that I'm in a business niche. Uh, you get you get sometimes the question oh, from. I also I hate that. Yeah, because well. I don't want to be related with with a business niche. Business uh, niche is too much no, focus on money and on money, 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 and stuff like that. Okay. Ah, uh, I mean, I that that's that, I think that's nice, but I uh, that I but I don't know much about that. That's the thing. Like, so when I when people say that I'm in a business niche, I I can't get kind of like. What? Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Do you even know what business is? I am not talking about business. Perhaps some strategies you could use in business, but I'm not a business no, man. Some <laughs> no. Even though I run a business, does not mean that I'm a business man. You see, I don't know the like the the. I'm still learning. It's a process for me, and sure, I'm interested in it in some aspects. I do read some books about it, but uh, that's not my no, thing. Indeed. So I totally yeah, get you. <laughs> but I, I understand because, um, yeah, the, the page looks a bit like how business uh, pages look like. But the, the value I give or the, the stuff I post is different. It's more uh, about the self-development yeah. and about the, the health, mental health. Um, yeah, so yeah. I get annoyed sometimes by it. Um, but hmm. I understand also, and I try to give uh, value to the people if they have questions. Also, when they are in the business niche, I don't care in what niche they are, but they have to look to your page before they say you're in a business niche. <laughs> right, that's very true. Um, and um, you, your page is called the Butterfly mm -hmm. Progress, mm -hmm. right? What, what does that mean? Um, yeah, I changed, this, I changed it lately. Uh, first of all, it's also because How to Grow was my, uh, my uh, other name. Um, I liked the name, but because it was too much linked, it was too much linked with the business. If you see grow or, or growth, most of the time people think it's like uh, the business, like the Instagram gr uh, growth or I don't know what. So I wanted to get rid mm. of that. Um, and I wanted something with with uh, with uh, an animal in it, and I I was thinking about growth and about a butterfly, how it works, how the process goes uh, when when she or or he is growing, and it's also kind of funny because if we uh, think about ourselves, when we want to grow, we need some mm. input first, so we need to get some things. We have to learn. We have to uh, we have to do some new things, learn new skills, things like that. And I think mm. for a butterfly, it's, it's almost the same. When he comes out, he first had to yeah to be on his own to prepare himself to before he flies out. And I think that is mm. uh, the connotation of uh, the butterfly progress at the moment. That sounds cool. So, have you done podcasts before? No, no, no it's my first time. I was—I have to uh, admit, I'm a little uh -huh. bit nervous. I—I I was a little bit nervous in the beginning. I was thinking, like, oh, will I will I be doing yeah. this? Uh, am I am I good enough? Uh, am I telling am I, am I telling some good stuff or things like that? But uh, this, yeah, yeah, the, the, the I am very very. 
I'm very, very precise with my guests, like who they should be and what they should say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. That's the thing. This, that the purpose of the, this podcast, you know, these first episodes are kind of to explore the direction mm -hmm. of the podcast because I still have not fully figured that out. It usually leans on personal development, philosophy, a little bit of psycho psychology and like positive mm -hmm. psychology. Um, but I'm still not sure. I haven't really decided the official theme of this yeah. podcast. So I'm still exploring, really. Um, but uh, you got me very curious today, you know, with this podcast, when we started to talk about the um, sports, mm -hmm. you know, because that's something that's very important for me, like judo. And um, if I per would perhaps talk to more people who are interested in sports and perhaps talk about the mental aspect of sports, because I think... Personally, that's really what makes the difference. The mental training Everything is in the mind. In sports. <laughs> yeah. But how do you teach people that in the sports? That's something that I've tried a lot. But, you know, it's so rare that we actually see it. Yeah, it's so also because it's how, What do you do in difficult. soccer? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so how do you do it in soccer? Like aspect. when you... Um, yeah, exactly, with the mental aspect. I think there's a lot of uh, progress possible at the moment. Um, when, I, when I studied, uh, I studied in, in the univers at the University in Ghent in Belgium. I studied, uh, yeah, how do you say it? Yeah. Um, can you cut and paste in this podcast or is it just uh, how it goes? No, now? no. <laughs> it's no, just in no. case, you know. Uh, there was a time I was yeah. thinking about uh, going to Holland to to follow a course of uh, mental coaching in sports, but the problem mm. was the course costed like ten thousand euro for uh, for one year. So for me, I couldn't do mm -hmm. that. It was too much. Um, so mm -hmm. I I uh, tried to figure out some things for myself, and I think. Meditation is one of the the things that could be uh, introduced in soccer. Um, yeah. They also do that. Uh, some players also already do it in another way, like listening to the music, get in their trance to prepare uh, before the game. I yeah, think yeah. it's really important, and that's already something they are doing, to get some anchors before they go on the field that they yeah, know, yeah. okay, uh, some... Uh, players do something with their hand, like uh, making a, a holy sign or kiss the grass. I don't mm. know. It's really different from player to player. So that is something I think is very important because they they have a lot of pressure. If they have, have to play for a million of people, I, I can imagine they have a lot of stress also for that. Um, yeah. Uh, but what I'm doing is, yeah, because I'm not a, I'm not a team coach i'm more like uh, an extra coach in the team um i give mm -hmm. my advice to players if they ask to i am very positive because every everybody plays better when uh, they hear they're uh, playing good or if the coach supports them okay you have to be critic but always be supportive too in my opinion so that is something i really uh, mm -hmm. uh, do a lot um nice <laughs> right that's um you, they usually say in judo i've heard they say something like 
uh, if I, I don't know, really remember fully, but like uh, a teacher or like a, a sensei, a master teaches you the martial art and a coach teaches you how to win. <laughs> Uh, and that makes so much sense, really. Uh, the fundamentals of the teachings of like the martial art, the sports, whatever, that is one aspect. But then the actual mentality of winning is also is a different thing. And of course, in the, in the soccer, I assume there's a lot of strategy there. There's a lot of strategy, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's like a whole thing on its own, really. Like the, that's like the objective mental game that everyone has to tap into the strategy of the game. Uh, but then there is the individual aspect as well. Like how motivated am I? Am I feeling good today? Is there something on my mind that perhaps happened previously during the week that bothers me now? How can I get away from that thought? How can I live in the moment, be present? You know, those things matters because those things is really what makes that focus that you need in order to win. Um, but many people have not mastered that. And I, okay, I'm still in the process of trying to even figure out how to start mm -hmm. mastering that. Um, so that's like, for me, the mental aspect of, uh, yeah. of it all. Um, yeah, I follow you. Uh, I, if I, uh, see how it went in my journey as a soccer player, a lot of coaches were not good enough in the empathic way. They, they were good mm -hmm. in telling you how to win and how to run and how to play against your opponent, but not in mm -hmm. a way like, okay, Tom, how are you today? They, they would ask. But yeah. Yeah. If, if I would say, oh, coach, I'm not really uh, well today. It was that or that or that. Then they probably would say, okay, but come on, we are going to train now, so it will be over uh, afterwards. That was how it, go how it mm -hmm. went then. And I think um, you see it in the, in the top teams at this moment. There are a lot of uh, mental coaches, also psychologists is more introduced now. And I think mm -hmm. it's uh, really, really interesting uh, and good for the sport that, uh, that they have implemented. Yeah, exactly. And also the feeling now, of course... So I don't know more that much about soccer. I mean, that's a mm -hmm. team sport, um, and uh, of course, that the entire if the entire team loses, you also take the blame individually, right? Because you're a yeah, part of the team. Um, and in judo, you're alone, you know, so you you take all the responsibility in that sense. Um, and sometimes that pressure can be. A little bit too much during let's say a competition so that you when let's say you're, you're going to meet someone who you know you're going to fight someone who you know is like really really yeah. good right and you're not feeling that motivated about it and you know that this person is so so good because everyone says that he's so good and uh, he has this belt and he has won this yeah. many competitions before so already when you step onto the mat to meet that guy you know that He's it's already probably gonna nil. win. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's already one nil. And unfortunately, that's not how it should be because the whole purpose of it is that when you're on the mat in front of each other, mm -hmm. you're equal. Starting from Hajime, which means starts, uh, start until Mate, so Emare, that means it's over. Um, 
then like not every anything can happen. You know, the dices are not thrown yet. So anything can happen. But we don't think like that. We think like, okay, this guy is so good, so I cannot win against him. Even though we probably could, but it's just that little mental aspect right there that hasn't been fixed. And that's really what will cause the body to retreat and allow yeah, itself yeah. to lose on purpose almost or subconsciously. It could also be subconsciously because getting aware of that thought at, in the first place is the most important thing in order to fix it. Um, and that's not, not anything that I see anyone helping the students with really specifically. They might get, give some advice or whatever, some practical tips and like uh, make, make them motivated for the moment. But that intrinsic inner work is something that has to be reflected in every part of your life, really. So you have to make it into something that you practice yes. on a daily basis yes, to I become a better agree. person. And then that... And then that will reflect onto the sport automatically, you know? That's why I think that personal development is such a crucial thing for anyone because it's going to help them in any aspect of their life, yeah, no matter what it is. Agree. It's something, um, it's very human to, to say to yourself that the opponent is good and he does this and he does that. It's, it's something that is really human uh, and in every aspect, not only in sports, also in real life. If you, like you asked me the question to yeah. do this podcast, the first thing I was saying to myself, oh no, I won't do that. I never did it. I can, <laughs> I, I think I cannot do that. So there, there is a little vo voice always in our head telling us to protect us also in a way, but always to, to be safe. It's to be in our safe spot and not to, to do something new because it's not in our, in our comfort zone. That is, that is our procrast procrastination right. type. That, that is how we respond yeah. to, to be in our safe zone. And I, I was learning about it this month or last month. So that's the reason I said yes to you also. Um, and I think, I mm. think that is what, <laughs> what you say is true. We, we didn't learn it as a kid. We, we have to find our own way. Right. And sometimes we meet, we meet someone or we, have, uh, we are lucky. Someone tells us. Uh, in in my mm -hmm. case, my parents were very supportive. So when I thought, okay, I can do that, they were telling, yes, you can and you will do. So they helped me in a certain way because otherwise I wouldn't reach that level. I, I didn't make it uh, fully, but I reached uh, some kind of level that I, I like if I look back to it. Um, but but a lot of people don't mm. learn don't learn about it. Right. Yeah. And that's such a shame. And they have to kind of figure that out yeah. for themselves and to gain those insights and to capture those insights also is very, very I can, difficult. I can, I can give some oh. advices uh, about it. Um, mm -hmm. The first time I, I read about it, it was about meditation. I was, uh, if somebody told me he meditated, I always, I always was thinking, oh, it's a little bit, how do you say it? Yeah, it's not, it's nothing for me. I was thinking, oh, yeah, yeah like yeah, some new age spiritual like bullshit. And then <laughs> I, I, I read another book and there was also standing like meditation, meditation. And a couple of times I read it and I was thinking, okay, you know what? I, get, I just give it a try and we will see what it, what it brings me. Um, and yeah. It's it's true if you if you live in in this life like we are living the digital world, uh, you always have mm. something 
uh, in your head or the, the or your cell phone is going or you're getting an email uh, or somebody is calling you it's always something and when you meditate mm. you come to yourself you'll be in the present moment and everything that gives you the stress will uh, will come in your head and it will go away. So you you come in a certain zone where you learn to handle the things you can't handle with in the during the day. So so you I, I don't know the words yeah. you boom, 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 yeah like you yeah, get a little indeed. pause you pause and you can between your thoughts get rid of it. You can let go of what you had stress for in the, in the day. Um, and the second thing yeah, is exactly. something I, I just know about two weeks is um, affirma- affirmations. So I don't know if you heard about mm. them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, it's many, it's many something times. new. Uh, <laughs> it was also something like meditation for me in the first place. Like, okay, affirmations, yeah. <laughs> Not, not me. <laughs> that law yeah, of attraction, yeah. spiritual. It's, it's something I. <laughs> how do I say? It's yeah. It's still. I'm looking away through it, but I believe in it because sometimes you have to hear somebody else say that you can and that you are enough. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. strange, but I I believe in it in a way. So I'm trying it out now. I don't know yeah. where it will get me, but. I believe it will uh, it will work. Um, and the third yeah, thing exactly. I can uh, adv- give advice is the NLP um, from Tony Robbins. I don't know if you heard mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, it's NLP. Uh, neurolinguistic. So it's uh, uh-huh. there are a couple of uh, things in the book, but what you are talking about uh, when we are going to our game and we are saying, okay, the opponent is better than me and he, he is stronger and he will win. Mm. It's something like changing that mental aspect with some tricks. Uh, so it's like okay. imagining yourself uh, when, you are, uh, when you are the loser type, if I can say it like that. And in the other mm-hmm. part, you're uh, imagining yourself when you win and how you look when you win. Uh, to to give you and to get you yeah. in some kind of uh, yeah body shape and and mental strength yeah like yeah. visualization yeah like visualization I actually do that I, every morning I do visualization with uh, judo oh, now nice. I've started uh, and it's a lot about the feelings behind it like yeah. what it feels like That's to actually important. be on the mat like to be there to do the thing that you know you have to do and just feel like what it's like to win. Because then when you've done that, you know, every single day for six months, you've won maybe like, I don't know, like 50% of that time, like for three months and you've lost maybe like, so so you've seen like every aspect of the potential matches that you could fight. Uh, And then your mind is prepared, you know, because the mind if it's a really good visual, visualization technique, which is mm-hmm. also something to master, then the, the body will kind of not tell the difference between what's real and what's not real. And it will kind of learn through that process. Um, and of course, that also connects to the uh, affirmations. You know, when we keep telling ourselves something specific, let's say like a sentence, like I am a winner because blah, blah, blah. And I feel mm-hmm. like blah, blah, blah when I'm a winner. 
and you keep seeing that sentence over and over, with that repetition, the subconscious mind will accept it as a fact. And according to the, you know, the people who usually preach about affirmations, they say that they, the, the mind will adjust, adjust to that affirmation and start taking action to make that affirmation become yes, real in physical sense. reality. <laughs> and, uh, well, I think that it works. Affirmations for me have not really worked that much, but visualization has worked a lot with many things. Sometimes it's even scary how it works. It's like, wow, this exact thing happened that I wanted, and now it's here, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's a very powerful technique that I recommend anyone, really, for any type of thing. So yeah, great advice there. Yeah, great advice. Uh, what you're saying here. <laughs> it's nice to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also, you know, sometimes people... They, they, cannot, they do not find this type of information because they are not ready for it. You know, they, they just, um, they, they haven't been taught it before or they just are not in the process of becoming aware about that aspect. They might want to work more on the uh, things that are very strategic and like uh, physical, so to speak, in the external until they start focusing more on themselves. And a few losses might be the thing that requires that you might have to fail a couple of times, but that's okay. Cause that's also a part of the yeah. process. <laughs> yeah. That was like a real <laughs> philosophical ramble right there. <laughs> yeah. We have to hear that sometimes. <laughs> okay. Anyways, man, I think it's been a great podcast um, so far and I really, well, I think that time is running out right now and I really want to thank you for joining this mm -hmm. podcast. It's been You're very welcome. interesting. So everyone listening, if you want to check out his page and follow him, he has great content. Go follow his page, which is called uh, the butterfly dot progress. Um, and you will find his content there. Follow him. If you like this podcast, please follow it on the media that you're seeing this on. Uh, and remember to stay conscious. All right. Take care and I'll see you soon with more. Bye.